the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're, of course, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, and Paul has just finished giving the Thessalonians some clarity concerning the return of our Lord, and first describing for them the rapture, that is, what we call the rapture, which is the return of our Lord for the believers, and then secondly, the day of judgment, the day of judgment of our Lord for unbelievers, which is called the day of the Lord. And he's given them clarity on these two because they were concerned about them. And now we're transitioning into a section here in chapter 5, verses 12 forward. We're, we're transitioning to a, into a little church housekeeping, if you will. This is where he's speaking to this body of new believers and he's telling them this is how a fellowship is to function. Now, I want to remind you that this is a young fellowship. And most of these new believers in this fellowship, which before they had met the Lord, were in fact involved in idol worship, pagan idol worship. They didn't have a clue what a new covenant church was supposed to look like, much less how they were supposed to respond to one another or the church leaders. They were operating off of what little instruction Paul and company was able to give them before they were pushed off, and of course the guidance of the Spirit of God. They didn't have any denominational help or any, uh, any seminary instruction. And we can see by Paul's instruction to them that they were having a little difficulty in balancing relationships within that little fellowship. They didn't know what to do with them. First with their leaders and then second with each other. So today we're going to begin in verse 12 of chapter 5 and make our way to verse 15. Please read along with me. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them all. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord and those who are warn you and kindly reprove and exhort you. And hold them in very high esteem and most affectionate esteem in intelligent, sympathetic appreciation of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we earnestly beseech you, brethren, admonish, warn, and seriously advise those who are out of line, the loafers, the disorderly, and the unruly. 
Encourage the timid and the faint-hearted. Help and give your support to the weak souls. And be very patient with everybody, always keeping your temper, so that none of you repays another with evil for evil, but always aim to show kindness and seek to do good to one another and to everybody. Now, I recognize that the first portion of this has to do with honoring your leader or pastor, and that can be a bit self-serving for me to preach. But this is really not about me individually. This is about your heart attitude towards the authority that God has placed in front of you to lead you spiritually. It's about a heart attitude that either receives the work of God, the truth of God, through God's vessel, or stands off in rebellion and sorts through it. Now, I'll get into what I mean by that a little more later, but you recognize that that there's a lot of division in the church today. There's a lot of independence in the church today, because some people do not want accountability. In fact, a lot of them don't want accountability. They tend to take instruction and truth like a buffet. They'll heap their plate full of the things that suit their ears, tickle their ears, and they'll walk away from the truth that confronts their lifestyle. They only want to hear what they enjoy. Many cry out for wisdom, but the reality is is they're not going to hear it. They're not going to listen to it unless it falls right in line with what they want, what they desire for themselves. God has placed us in relationships, individually and corporately. And I'm talking about the body of Christ here. God has placed us in relationships, and every relationship has purpose in bringing us along. Now listen, everything that you know about God, you know in the context of relationship. God teaches and disciples and nurtures through relationships. Okay? Now, I am not saying that God doesn't work with you individually. Certainly that is true. But it is interesting to me that Paul makes the point, he says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. He goes on and on about how we should treat one another. There's a lot of scriptures about how the church, the body, should interact. There is a whole section of scripture about the government of the church. There's all kinds of exhortation having to do with the church. He doesn't say, do not forsake the listening of the radio program. He does not say, do not forsake the watching it on TV or the internet. What he says is, and he's very clear about this, is do not forsake the assembling. Now, that is because God has chosen that place and that venue to disciple and grow his body. Okay? wasn't my choice. It was his choice. And listen, when you forsake that command... When you put that aside and you say, you know what, I don't need to do that. I can worship in the home. You have missed it. You can worship in the home, but you're not going to receive all that God has for you when you in rebellion continue to disassociate yourself from the very thing that God has put in place to nurture and grow you. Now that's the truth. I didn't make that up. That is scripture, okay? 
There is a reason why he says this. It's important to us. There is a reason why people on the other side of the world who will literally risk their lives to come together. They will risk their lives, their very being. They will risk all that they have to come together. Why in the world would the Spirit of God compel them to do that when they could take far less risk and worship in the home? Why? There's a reason. Because God has chosen to impart truth through this vehicle called the church and the body and the individual fellowship. Many cry out for wisdom, but they won't hear it. And God has given us relationships, both individually and corporately, as avenues of instruction and guidance. And it is through these relationships that we receive from the Lord. And when we decide that we're not going to do that, then we rebel against God's provision. That's the literal truth of it. A teenager cries out for guidance, but refuses to be obedient or honor his or her parents, and rejects the counsel of the ones God has put there to guide him. A wife cries out for respect and security and for a husband who will recognize her as as a value and the hard work she puts in but refuses to honor her husband. A husband wants a wife who will love him and adore him, who will please him, but refuses to love his wife. People want to be appreciated in their jobs and find a sense of fulfillment in what they do, but they refuse to work as unto the Lord and honor those in authority. And in each case, they have cut themselves off, shut themselves off from the very provision that God has made for them to meet the need within them that they're crying out for. When I refuse to love my wife, I have refused the relationship that God is using to show me love. When my wife refuses to honor me, she has refused the very relationship that God has put in place in order for her to feel significant and honored and valuable. So, I'm using these relationships as an illustration of how important it is so that you can see these are truths that each one of you have experienced both as parents as husbands and as wives you can give testimony to these truths I want you to know that there is something of equal and greater value and that is obedience in going forward in the relationship that God has set forth for you in the body of Christ Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then you will have the balance to know and receive the wisdom and the life and the love that you're going to need for marriage, that you're going to need for children, that you're going to need for your work relationship. Now don't think I'm putting all my emphasis on church attendance. I'm putting my emphasis on a yielded heart to receive from where God has put you to receive. There is an order that God has given us through which we find balance. We find balance in the relationships that we have. We find balance in the church that we attend. We find balance in our relationship with the Lord. And you know where it all begins? You know where that order begins? It begins with a yielded soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, we talk about this all the time in the spiritual anatomy that that the Holy of Holies within you is your spirit in union with Christ. 
And in that place there is no separation. God never, never, ever withholds Himself in that place. You have the fullness of Christ in that place. But the soul is that place, that vacuum that is to be filled with the Spirit. And that door opens by choice. By choice. And when we open that door, when we choose to receive, when we yield ourselves, then what enters into that soul is the very things that we need to balance our lives in every area, in every relationship. It is the place through which the Spirit of God passes. And here's the way it works. I know I'm getting a little off subject, but I'll, I'll pull this back in there in just a second. I want to love my wife, okay? But I'm angry. I don't like the way she talked to me. I don't like the way she said what she said to me. I don't like what's going on. I'm mad at her. So, in that position of anger, I have shut the door of my soul. And the very thing that I am crying out for, I have just cut myself off from. What do I need to do to receive that? I need to open the door and let the love of God flow through the soul to this person here. And when I do that, who receives love first? I do. I do. Now, when we're talking about spiritual leaders, we're talking about pastors, you first need to yield your soul and rest in the truth that it is God that nurtures you. It is not this man. It is His Word that nurtures you. But He has chosen an individual. It may not be me, but He has chosen a person or a relationship through which you will be nurtured. If you don't yield to that, you won't receive it. The door will be shut. This is what Paul is talking about. This is what Paul is addressing in this church. Because these people had no idea how to treat a leader. They didn't know what to do with them. Let's look at verse 12. Now also we beseech you, brethren, get to know those who labor among you. Recognize them for what they are. Acknowledge and appreciate and respect them all. Your leaders who are over you in the Lord. And those who warn and kindly reprove and exhort you. Now this is not an authoritarian command. But more along the lines of Paul pleading. The unchurched, as I said, had no idea how to relate to church leaders. And these leaders were not Bible school graduates. They had very little acquaintance with the scripture. They had not been to seminary. And they didn't have anything hanging on their walls to certify them. All they had... The reason they were there is because of the call of God upon their lives and because that call came through Paul. Now, this man stands up before you and he says, I am called, Paul says, this man is called of God to be your shepherd, your under-shepherd, and guide and teach you. Now, we're going to pray that the Spirit of God flows through him freely. Yield to that word. That's what this is about. Now, this, had, this couldn't have been easy. Remember, these guys were pagans. They didn't know anything about the church order, and they certainly didn't know anything about... And they, that's Joe! That's Joe! Me and him used to hang out and drink together. I'm supposed to submit myself to that? That's Joe! I know he's a Christian now, but you should have seen him. Can you see what kind of struggle must have gone on there? They certainly didn't want to call Joe Pastor. We used to call him Bloody Joe with all the fights. 
I never thought you'd be up there, bloody Joe. You see? Because we were relating to a man according to the flesh rather than according to the Spirit. And when we relate to man according to the flesh, then we are relating in the vein of flesh and not receiving all that God has for us in the Spirit. This is what Paul is telling them. Respect, honor these leaders. Recognize them for who they are. Again, the Spirit of God called them. Their calling was not based on scholarship or on their personalities or any of the things that man might esteem. It was the same as David's calling. God says that one. He's the one I've chosen. And Paul had to make a selection. Now, I'm sure there were criteria in there that Paul was looking at. But when God chooses, he doesn't make a mistake. And God knows more about that person than than any of us will ever know. Paul is telling the Thessalonians to get to know them, get to know those who labor among them. Recognize them for what they are. That refers to their calling, that they are appointed by the Lord. And their labor refers to great effort and exertion, not to quantity, but more to the heart and the spirit behind it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Paul speaking, But by the grace... The unmerited favor and blessing of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not found to be for nothing, fruitless and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, the apostles. Though it was not really I, but the grace, the unmerited favor and blessing of God which was with me. He says, I worked harder than all the apostles. Now, this is a dangerous thing that Paul has just entered into. It's a thing that every one of you have tripped over. Because if you go there in the flesh, you will walk away from truth. And you will injure yourself. That thing is called comparison. That's what it's called. And it happens in churches. Oh, I can't tell you. Well, I noticed brother so-and-so, he never brings his Bible. There you stand with your King James coffee table edition under your arm. Well, I noticed that, uh, you know, what's her name? She, She only does this and that when the pastor's looking. Well, we know why you do it. Comparison. We enter into comparison and make judgments in the flesh. But Paul has entered into this because he's not looking for flesh. He's not looking unto flesh. He is proclaiming the work of God. And he says, Man, the work of God in me did more than any of the other apostles. He says, I can't believe it. Paul says, But by grace, it was not I that worked so hard, but it was the grace that was within me. This is not the exaltation of a person, but the recognition of the source. We have all heard of and experienced the strength of the Lord. Every one of us have done a work in obedience where God has carried us well beyond our natural strength, and that is what Paul's talking about. Now, on a side note, if God has called you, He has called you in strength. The enemy wants you to believe that God calls you to things and then doesn't empower you and withholds grace from you and leaves you out there floundering like, you know, maybe you'll drown and maybe you won't. No. 
we're going to get to uh, this verse later on in chapter 5. But it basically says that the, in chapter 5, he said, Paul says, Faithful is he who called you who will also do it. God never called you to anything that he didn't intend to do through you. And in the same way, I experience the love that I need by yielding my soul to love my wife, because that love must come through me. I experience and know my God when I yield to what he is trying to do and has called me to. That's how I know it. That's how I'm affirmed. That's how I know him. By the work that He brings forth through me. That's experiential, intimate knowledge that only comes through yielding. That's God's desire for you. And Paul says, it wasn't I. Kind of sounds like Galatians 2.20, doesn't it? It was not I, but it was the grace that worked through me. Paul says, appreciate them. True, true appreciation, by the way, is a spiritual exercise. It's not something the flesh does truly. Because the only thing the flesh truly appreciates is itself. But when God says appreciate, what He is saying is appraise the work of God in them for my glory. See the truth of God in them for my glory. See the work of God about them for my glory. Look for me. That is what you're to do when you enter into the, to the church or to the fellowship or to the building, is look for Jesus. I don't mean that He's not with you. I don't mean that He hides out in the church. What I mean is that your focus is to be Him. We're here to worship Him. Don't be distracted by the minister. Don't be distracted by the praise team. Don't be distracted by the mic that works part-time. Keep your eyes and your focus upon Him because He is here to nurture and teach and grow you. Whether one good word comes out of my mouth or not, the Spirit of God is not dependent on me. You know, one thing I know, people have been called to churches where the minister was completely off-center, where he didn't know the Bible from the hymnal. People have been called to churches where the minister was in rebellion and hard and cold. And you say, no, God would never, ever call me to a church like that. Well, you tell the missionary who's sitting in a manure hut on the other side of the world speaking to people who don't even speak the same language. You tell that to him. Go, God would never call you unless there was, you were surrounded by, by situations and circumstances that meet your affinities. Baloney. I want to tell you something. The churches, many of the modern churches today, are all about the affinities. They're all about you being comfortable in your flesh. This church, by the grace of God, the work of God, is about you seeing Jesus. Whether you're comfortable or not, is not our first concern. You know what? If you don't have a vehicle, and I give you one that runs great, but the seat is a little close to the steering wheel, are you going to walk? Don't confuse the purpose with your comfort. The purpose for you being here is to hear Him. That's it. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as occasion and opportunity open up to us, let us do good morally to all people, not only being useful or profitable to them, 
but also doing what is for their spiritual good and advantage. Be mindful to be a blessing, especially to those of the household of faith, those who belong to God's family, with you, the believers. What's your heart? That's the issue. Are you just here to check it off your list? Or do you truly want to know Him? That's an experiential thing that must be done by faith. You choosing to allow your soul to be filled with something other than just the world's interpretation of life. To be filled with the Spirit of God. Heavenly Father, this is your word and your message. I pray, Father, that you apply it where you will and that those that you're speaking to even now would open their hearts and minds to receive the truth. I pray, Father, that you would put it in them to hear you and to receive you into their souls, to be filled and to walk forward being a blessing to all that they encounter. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.